welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. So today I want to start with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if you want to know what love is, 1 Corinthians 13 really talks about love a lot, right? If you go to a wedding, you probably hear some passage of this scripture be spoken about at your wedding. Who's all married here? I am. Did you hear somebody reference 1 Corinthians 13 at your wedding? I did. (laughs) I did. You probably will. You guys probably will as well. You guys probably will. It's what happens. Way in the very back, these guys are probably here back there. We have, like, people getting married all over the place. Isn't that exciting? It's amazing. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the very last verse in that chapter says this. Let's go ahead and put it up. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is, what's that word say? Faith, hope, and love. Three things are going to last forever. Now, 1 Corinthians is talking about that agape love, right? We talked about agape and agapao, right? Which is like the action form of the word agape. And agape is the kind of love that God has for us, that benevolent, compassion, all-encompassing love in the good days and in the bad days. That's what agape love is. And, And so 1 Corinthians 13 talks about what that love actually looks like. It talks to you about what it is talks about what it's not and then it ends by saying this three things will last forever when time is done and you are in heaven and heaven has come down to earth and the new Jerusalem has been established like it talks about in the book of Revelation it says three things are going to last forever faith hope and love and the greatest one the greatest of those three is love You can't get away from the importance of love in your life. If you don't hear another word I say today, if you fall asleep in the next 27 seconds and you wake up when everybody's like leaving the place and that's when you wake up, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear that you cannot get away as a believer from the importance of having love in your life. And if you don't know what love looks like, use 1 Corinthians 13 to measure it against your life. If you don't know how to love your spouse, crack open 1 Corinthians 13. Be like, well, love is patient. Man, I failed that test already. Love is kind? What? Man, I'm not doing good. You just go through there and you read these things and see what it says about what love looks like. And you use that to judge your life because love is what it's all about. In fact, the central theme of the entire book of the Bible is built around love. Yes? Am I I making stuff up here? No, that's the truth. That's the truth. God loved us. So he created us, and then that fell apart, 
Sin entered the world, and then you see this story, and if you take a step back and look at the Old Testament, you see this beautiful story of God trying to restore the people back to himself because he loves them. And then you see in the New Testament that God creates a way through his son, Jesus Christ, that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus down to the earth to become human and give his life for us because he loves us so much. And then here in 1 Corinthians 13, we see he's talking about love lasts forever. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Does everybody have a Bible today? Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13. This is Paul speaking, and he's talking to the church in Galatia. And he says this, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Now, right now, they're talking about some stuff from the Old Testament, some old laws that were there for them. Specifically, they're talking about circumcision. We're not going to get into that today. You can go look it up on your own if you're like, what's circumcision? Ah, it doesn't matter right now. They're just, talking about, they're just talking about old laws in the Bible, and they were debating whether they had to be circumcised or they didn't have to be circumcised. And they were fussing about it, and they were fighting, and some people were saying, you have to be circumcised. It's in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And then other people are like, you don't have to be circumcised. That's the old covenant. We have Jesus now, so we don't. And so he says this, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Man, that's an interesting sentence. Instead, use your freedom, come on now, to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. We should have used this scripture when I started saying, hey, we're growing and we need help because we got to serve one another in love. Go on, verse 14 says this. For the whole law, say the whole law. The whole law. The whole thing, the whole enchilada, from the beginning to the end, the whole thing can be summed up in this one command. Now here we are again. Here we are again at this phrase. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So week one, we started out beginning of February. We were all crammed out in the headquarters. We had no space. We were sitting on the floors. We were standing up. We got booted out of the building that day. We were all jam-packed, smelling each other. It was wonderful. It was awesome. And we started off talking about how this lawyer came to Jesus and he said, what's the most important command? And Jesus says, well, what does the Bible say? And he says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And the second commandment is like, love your neighbor as yourself. Then the following week, we talked about how Jesus and, uh, was at the Last Supper, and Judas betrayed him. And then Jesus said, a new command I give you, love everybody like I've loved you. And then Jen got up and spoke last week, and it was amazing. And she talked about how just after Judas got up and betrayed Jesus and ran out the door to go find the people to betray him, then they all go to the garden to pray. And then Peter is having a conversation with Jesus. And, and Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Jesus is like, I would. Peter says, I would never deny you. And he's like, you're going to deny me before, before the... The rooster crows in the morning. You're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, I'll never do it. Then he chops off a guy's ear. So Jesus is dealing with all this stuff. And here we are back now. Jesus has gone to heaven. And Paul is speaking. And he says, I got a commandment for you. He says, love your neighbors as yourself. But here's my question. And here's what we're talking about today. But How? But how? 
Love your neighbors as yourself, but how? How am I supposed to do that? How do I really love my neighbor as myself? Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. It's just a few books to the right. Or if you're on your phone, just a few scrolls down. Colossians chapter 1, verse 8, says this. Paul again is talking. Do we have verse 7? Let's go to verse 7. It says, You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker, and he is Christ's faithful servant. He's helping us on your behalf. Verse 8 says this. He, Epaphras, has told us about the love for others. He's told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Hmm. Let's go to Romans. That's back to your left. If you're in your Bible, flip to the left. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, chapter 15. Here's a great verse. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. How do you love your neighbor as yourself? The Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, which we read about in John chapter 15 and 16 a lot, when Jesus is about to go to heaven, and he says, it's better for you if I go to heaven, because when I go to heaven, I can send the Holy Spirit. The New Living Translation calls him the advocate or the spirit of truth. And he says, if I go to heaven, I can send this spirit down to you. And he will remind you of all the things that I have said, and I only speak of the things that I hear the Father say. And he says, this is where your love for others comes from. The Holy Spirit. When I read this scripture like two weeks ago, I was arrested. Like I was stopped in my tracks. I was reading Colossians. I got to verse 8. I love the prayer in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9, I think. It begins, talks about being filled with the knowledge of the wisdom of God and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Being strengthened all might according to his glorious power for patience and long suffering with joy. I pray that over myself all the time. I pray that over you guys all the time. And so I love to go back and read Colossians. And I got, and I started off and I got to verse 8 and I was like, whoa. My love for others comes from the Holy Spirit. That's how I love other people. I'm going to show you something. Because you all are looking at me like, I don't know if this guy is telling the truth. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. And let's go down to verse 16. says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. I need two volunteers. Nope. Nope, because it's going to get physical. It's going to get physical. So hang on a second. I need Justin and I need Josh. Yep, come on. It's going to get physical and I don't want Lena to get hurt. <laughs> These guys are fine. Look at They can both. Josh plays football and Justin is huge. So... <laughs> Can you push this, just push this monitor back a bit. Just push it out of your way. Josiah, can you bring that box out to me? Yeah, just push this, yeah, there you go. Look at this guy, problem solver. See, Lena, see, look at, you already got safe from having to move a speaker around. Okay, put this on, okay, what do we have in here? Oh, delicious donuts. Let's smell these. I don't know why I smelled the microphone, but. Mmm, <laughs> smell them. How do they, how do they smell? Excellent. Mm. I smell the microphone again. How does it smell? <laughs> Good. Josh is so talkative. So talkative. Guys, uh, Josh, why don't you go stand on that side of the stage? Justin, why don't you come stand on this side of the stage? And I'm going to put these delicious donuts right here in the front, right in the middle. And guys, these things really smell good. This is what we call a visual aid. I'm going to put these here. I'm going to close them up because I'm tired of smelling them already. <clears throat> Do you want to be number one or number two? Okay. You're number one. So... Galatians 5.17 says this. The sinful nature wants to do evil. You are the sinful nature right now. You're the flesh. You're the flesh. You're the flesh man. You're the spirit man. Flesh man. Spirit man. It says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants to do. This guy, Justin's a great guy, okay? But for today's purposes, he's the flesh man. And he wants to do things he shouldn't do, Okay? Over here on this side, we got Josh. Josh, football player. Apparently he loves to get in fights when he plays football. Doesn't take no guff from nobody. He is the spirit man. He is the spirit man. And he wants to do what's right. Now this verse says these two guys are always opposed to each other. And it says here, it says, uh, sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants to do. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what this guy wants to do. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So he's always wanting to do something, and he's always wanting to do something, and they're always opposed to each other, so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to get the donuts. But wait a second. Hang on. Hang on. Now, I don't want you to get in a fist fight, but I don't want you to be Canadian and be polite. 
Because we're trying to illustrate a point for everybody about how there is a constant battle taking place in our lives between the spirit man and the flesh. And the Bible says that they are always fighting against each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So whatever it is you're wanting to do, this guy is always stopping. I want you to eat a donut. I want you to eat a donut. I want you to want to eat a donut. So I want you two to go at it, and I want to see who gets the donut. So back up on that stand, on that, stand on that gold line, and you stand on that gold line. Now, no fist fighting, but I don't want you to let him get that donut. I want you to get that donut. Are you picking up? This is my, this is my football speech. I'm like throwing my helmet on the ground. What are you doing? Get out there and get the donut. Well, you know what? This is a good illustration because a lot of us in our life, our flesh, our soul, our emotions are way bigger than our spirit man because we neglect our spirit man. We don't pray. We don't read our Bible like we should. We don't spend time with Jesus and we give our flesh man everything he wants. Justin, I know you're going to hate this, but would you just please flex? Would you just flex and just, just show, just it's, it's, it's got a spiritual point. Just show everybody. Come on, man. Come on. Let's fight for the donuts. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to be at church fighting for donuts today, did you? Okay. On your mark. Get set, go. What, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> Okay, 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 time, 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 time. <laughs> Let's give it up for these boys. You guys can share, those are your donuts to share. If, if you can. <laughs> Somebody's gonna eat those things. No, you take them back with you, man. Don't leave them there. Here's the point. This is what happens inside of you on a daily basis. We're talking about how you love others. But how am I supposed to love other people? Because inside of you, on one side, you've got your flesh that is angry, that walks over and picks you up like a rag doll and carries you around. Meanwhile, you're saying, no, look at these donuts. Look at this thing. Josh was hanging on to this donut for dear life, saying, this is what I want. But his flesh was carrying him around, saying, I'm going to take you where I want. That's what happens inside of you, where there is your flesh and your spirit fighting against each other. 
And it says, you're not free to carry out your good intentions because your flesh is always trying to stop you. Let me say this to you. You can't love people the way that God designed you to in that agape style of love without the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said? If you try to love people without the Holy Spirit, you will love them in your flesh, man. You will love them with your natural ability. And when they hurt your feelings, when they step on your donut, when they make you mad, your flesh is going to rise up and overpower your spirit, man. And you're not going to love them the way that you were designed and created to in Christ to love them. I'm only human. <laughs> so funny. Are you, are you seeing this? Is this making sense to you? Are you getting a picture of the battle that takes place inside of you? And are you beginning to understand that to properly love other people truly, not in your flesh, not in your emotions, not when it's easy? Because listen, in my, in my natural state, I'm not going to love everybody, am I? No, because there's people that I will naturally get along with. There's people that I naturally have things in common with. And I can get along with those people. But also in the natural, there's going to be people that I don't get along with. That I don't have anything in common with. And I have no reason to talk to them. But that work of the Spirit inside of you will bond you together so that you can love the way that God designed you to. Let's go to verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And I love that phrase, that word directed. Because you can think of a musical director, like Chad, where they stand up there. Have you ever seen Chad direct his band? Has anybody seen Chad direct? Yes, great, hey? <laughs> And they get out there and they have like those batons. Sometimes I think, do they just make this stuff up as they go? Like on the fly, is Chad like, I'm going to make up a new move. Like they're like, you know, like this. Right? This is a move, isn't it? Sort of. There's supposed to be two hands, all right? Okay, one, one hand. So you see Chad and sometimes he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a spin. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is that? What's happening right now? There's musical directors, there's movie directors, there are people, there are directors in life. And what is a director? Somebody who is orchestrating something. Somebody who's saying, no, 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 not like that, like this. And then you try it again, like, no, that wasn't quite right. It was a, it was, it was a whole lot of wrong, actually. That was way off. So we're going to try it again. Uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do it this way. You're like, okay, I'll do it again. Because somebody is directing. And here it says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, we need to let our lives be directed by the Spirit of God. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm making that face, Jacob. We need to let our lives be directed by the Spirit of God. You're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Let's keep going. Verse 19. When you follow desires or your sinful nature, we're just going to read these. 
Because sometimes we just, when we're reading our Bible, we just fly through this stuff. We're like, yeah, 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 I don't, I don't need to read this. I don't need to, I know it's bad. It's bad, so we're just going to skip over it. But we're going to read it today so that as you read it, you could say, hmm, do I see any of these things in my life? Guys, this book is for you to look into and measure yourself by. And to say, am I lining up to what this book says or am I falling short? What does it say about this area of my life? What does it say about my relationships? What does it say about my health? What does it say about giving? What does it say about being a friend? What does it say? And you open this thing up and you look at it and you say, oh, man, I was way off. Or, oh, no, I'm on the right track. I'm doing good. Or, oh, I could tighten up a little bit. Or, oh, I'm, I'm okay. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are really clear. It's not a rocket scientist to figure this out. It says, first of all, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Not just parties. Wild parties. And other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I love how the New King James phrases this, and so does the Amplified. It says anybody practicing these sort of things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the word practice gives the connotation of something you do over and over and over and over and over and over. Listen, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What he's talking about here is if you are continually practicing a life of sexual immorality, if you are continually going to parties that are wild and doing things you shouldn't do, if you are continually sowing division and strife, then there is something wrong with you and you would need to say, hmm, it does not seem like the spirit of God is directing my life but my flesh man is let's keep going here verse 22 says this but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life and if you've been in the church in any amount of time you probably know that this is what we call the fruit of the spirit and there's nine of them. And if you go to Sunday school when you were a kid or whatever, you probably know what the nine fruits of the Spirit are. But it says here, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I love this line right here, the next line. It's kind of like a cheeky Cheeky little statement that Paul throws in there. And by the way, there's no law against these things, suckers. Because <laughs> he was just listing off all these things that you shouldn't do, that were, that were against the old covenant, that were against things you should not live your life against like this way. And then Paul says, but here we got, when the Holy Spirit is directing your life, the fruit in your life should be these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And guess what, guys? There's nothing wrong with those things. Ain't nobody going to tell you you shouldn't have love in your life. Ain't nobody going to tell you you shouldn't have joy in your life. Ain't nobody going to tell you you shouldn't be gentle or have self-control. Ain't nobody going to say that to you. 
So my question was, but how do we love our neighbors? We've talked about love all month long. And I tell you what, it has been good if I don't say so myself. Because God is wanting to do something. The Bible tells us that God is. Hmm. Interesting. So if God is love and we have been made in his image and we are to be his lights. In fact, when we were talking about Jesus and Judas two weeks ago, when Judas runs out, Jesus says, everybody's going to know you're my disciples by your love for them. You can't get away from the love that you are required required. I know people don't like to hear the word required anymore. I don't know what's happening. 2020, and it seems like all these rules are going out the window, all these like regulations, but there are things that are required of us. Yeah, it's true. You got to read your Bible. You got to pray. You got to go to church. You got to get in community. You got to get around other people so they can speak to you, so you can have a relationship with them. God is love. Everybody you meet is going to know you're his disciples by his love working through you, working in you, and working through you. And how do you get that kind of love? By the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, lives and dwells on the inside of us. That means that you can love others the same way that Jesus did when he was betrayed by Judas, when he was betrayed by Peter, the guy who said, you're going to be the rock on what I build the church. And then Peter gets out there and three times says, I don't know Jesus. You can't get away from the importance of walking in love in your life, in everybody you encounter. And listen, here's the thing. In your fleshly, natural state, you are going to love them wrong. Yeah, I said that. You're going to love them wrong because you're going to try and love them in your own strength and in your own power. And it's not the kind of love that we're called to love people with. You need to love them with the power of God, with the power of the Spirit flowing through you. So when they hurt you, Johnny, one day, man, I hate to tell you this, one day when you guys are married, something's going to happen. It's going to hurt you. Cherokee's going to say something or she's going to do something. It's going to bug you. It's going to hurt you. You're going to be mad. You're going to be upset. It happens to the best of us. But that's when you get the opportunity to love Cherokee the way that Jesus loved everybody else. You get the chance to say, this really makes me mad. I'm really angry right now. I'm really hurt right now. But I'm going to choose to walk in love because the power of the Spirit of God is working through me. And I'm going to kick my flesh man in the butt. And I'm going to choose to walk in the power of the Spirit in love the way that I'm supposed to love. Stand up with me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. 
If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.